Georgie throwed it in the river, did he? I can hear you whispering, children, so I know you're down there. I can feel myself getting awful mad. Here is all the passion and suspense, the heart-pounding warmth of the best-selling novel that gripped millions. Wake up! Come on! Superb, unforgettable performances by an extraordinary array of talent. Figured I was gone, huh? Run. Hide in the staircase. Run quick! Ruby, shit! What do you want? I want them kids. I'm giving you to the count of three to get out of here, then I'm coming across the kitchen shooting you. The combined powers of Paul Gregory and Charles Lawton brought the King Mutiny Court Martial to Broadway. Now the screen receives that same creative, electrifying impact. The night of the hunter. Welcome to Movie Humpers, adjusting the mic. I'm loud, so I don't need it that close. Right, but I need it closer. Yeah. Except for when I get excited. <laughs> we're, we're both loud people. Yeah. It's just how it is. I'm Angela. I'm Bobby. Uh, the sounds you hear are probably dogs. The strange sounds. And uh, yeah, this is uh, we're going to do another old old-timey movie and this is one of your faves right i i do i love this movie we have a poster of it on yeah. our wall maybe you could see it over I've the arcade it's never the german seen. version the german print of this uh movie yeah and the print right next to it is the french print of the long goodbye the altman movie which we also need to watch because i also have not seen it it's going to be at the bell court in nashville that's right in the first week of june we're going yes <laughs> and we we're skipping at the movies again this week just because shit gets busy and movies are expensive to go mm -hmm. every week but some future at the movies might not be new new yeah so keep so stay posted there because the beauty of an independent movie theater one that is uh a, a certified historical landmark in yeah. nashville the bell court um you know it's a lot of fun to watch movies you never would have seen in the theater otherwise yeah so so yeah so here we are and we are discussing the movie night of the hunter i intended on um i kind of want to do our classic movies are considered 1969 and before. That's what I'm considering classic. Okay, fair. So they're not all black and white. Even back in this time, there's Technicolor and shit, you know. Yeah. It, it was out there. But I wanted to um, discuss a Robert Mitchum noir movie for, like, from one from the 40s, 50s, and the 60s. Yes. And he's got plenty more than that, of course. Sure. But, uh, but this movie, Out of the Past... Did not arrive until today. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to. I ordered it. We'll watch it next. But that will be next. So Robert Mitchum's Out of the Past. Yes, starring Jane Greer. And Kirk Douglas is in this movie. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yes, I this movie, The Night of the Hunter, is it is a movie I particularly love. Mm -hmm. And you, what's great is it's uh, directed by Charles Lofton, uh, produced by Paul Gregory. And this is Charles Lofton's only film really? that he made. He came up, he was a British actor, and he and um, the producer, Paul Gregory, did an adaptation of the Kane Mutiny oh, yeah. from the novel. And then then 
the a couple years later they adapted the Kane Mutiny into a stage show called the the Kane Mutiny Court Martial. Okay. And then a year after their show, apparently it was a hit, very well regarded show, and it wasn't the Humphrey Bogart Kane Mutiny came a year after oh, their no. show. So that was uh, Charles Lofton's bridge into directing feature films. And so he's a stage guy. He's a stage production that guy. That makes sense. It absolutely makes yeah. sense because of the way the uh, you see the props, some some of the sets. It's definitely a lot of sets. Yeah. Things look very simplified and only exactly what they need to be. Mm-hmm. And there's a few tricks. But when this movie came out, it was panned. Really? Yes. Oh, it got critically railed. Audiences didn't like it. If if mm. Rotten Tomatoes was here back then, that shit would probably get like a a forty to fifty percent. What year did this come out? Nineteen fifty-five. Do you think that people were just like railing against the fact that he's crusading as a man of God, but he's a murdering con man? It's hard to say. And to be fair, there are. You, you can't call it a perfect movie. No. There are certain points that are a little awkward, mm-hmm. uh, especially when we get into the, the last scene in the movie. It just felt like, yeah. I don't know how the, <laughs> I don't know how the Davis Grubb novel reads, Yeah, but like at the end, it's just like, it seems like let's desperately show that everything's going to be okay. But yeah. then you had the character of like... In the opening shot, there's like a landscaping shot, and it's like wobbly as hell. Yeah. And then Pearl, little Pearl, is uh, an adorable kid, not not maybe the best actor to but be honest. But not that different from other child actors of the time. There's that there is like a cadence, and I had never seen this, but I watched a lot. I mean, I've seen a lot of black and white movies growing up, um, and there is like that cadence of like a little kid in a movie it's very um like the little girl from little rascals yeah it's very much she like, looks like she'd be a little yes, rascal I did do that correctly well the little girl <laughs> who played pearl uh from what i could find was did not do any roles after this what about john john i don't know where he went but that kid was great he seemed familiar and he was so good the character of john who's the son of the dead crook who he's hid $10,000 for, he is the most savviest person in all of cinema because of this kid. He's the most, he's the savviest person. And weird that his dad is one of the best people in the movie. Now, as far like as his dad's a crook, but he also was like well, maybe one of the only good guys. I mean, the, 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 the good guy, the probably the only truly good person who was wielding any religion the woman was the, the woman at the end, Lillian yes. Gish, who was yes. a big silent film oh. star in the 20s. Like, she was big time in the 20s, apparently. Mm-hmm. And you were, you were mentioned maybe people were pissed off about uh, the killer. I mean, it's based on actually an actual serial killer that was around who was, like, Dutch-born and was killing widows really? in, like, West Virginia and shit. But I had read, you know, and I'm sure IMDb trivia wouldn't lie to me, that the city of Memphis, they had a censorship council, and they banned the viewing of this movie. And in England, this movie was an adults-only affair. Like, you could not bring kids to watch this movie. Okay, I get it. So, and also, when you're thinking about, like, you know, Charles Lofton, uh, a stage guy, very, you can see that. This movie... For that time, 
you know, it felt like the techniques felt more like a foreign film from that time. Yeah. In terms of the, the aesthetic choices and how they were used. Some of the shots. So for an American movie, this did feel, this had to have felt very different at that time. I get that. So I'm sure people saw that they're like, wait a minute. My yeah. Robert Mitchum, huh? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. But apparently Robert Mitchum, uh, upon reflection, he and Shelley Winters uh, reflect very fondly on their roles in here. Like, they, they, and you think about Robert Mitchum, he, I mean, he's no stranger to the noir, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's been in westerns, he's been in war movies, and apparently he was just chomping at the bit to play this character. Because yeah. this character is one of the darkest characters. He's pure evil yeah absolutely and what's very interesting about righteous him, evil is the scariest evil sorry and we see him and he's a preacher man robert mitchum the great robert mitchum is playing this guy i can't remember all their names let's see um his name is brother Re reverend harry powell harry powell and he's we see him by himself in a car mm -hmm. and he's talking to god yeah and he's saying shit like Who's next, God? Which widow's going to be next? And you always like, provide me a woman with a big purse or whatever. And sure, I'll do some killing, but you love killing yourself, God. Your book's full of it. Yeah. And so, which I mean, this movie, <laughs> you know, the Lillian Gish character kind of balances things out yeah. when she comes along, but this movie seems to be like almost a chastising, a critique of religion because you got this killer. He's not faking it. Mm -hmm. He really seems uh he's a murderer. Yeah. But he's he's by himself in the car. So that's he is talking to God. He thinks he's talking oh, yeah. to God. I yeah, and that's what I mean. Like he's righteous. There's one point where someone asks him, What religion are you, brother? And he says, One I've worked one one God and I have worked out betwixt ourselves. He's just he's created his own situation and people just like see him dressed the way he is and automatically assume that he is a good and honest man. And the one thing about like him and then and then Lillian Gish is also, yes, organized religion. Also, everyone discounts these children mm. until she at the end and she makes a point. They make a point for her to say over and over and over again that children are so strong and children should be paid attention to and children should be loved. And even when one of them messes up, you mm. know, like she finds out that one of her older girls has been going around with boys and she's like, I've done a bad thing and I'm so sorry. And this is what I, I've been lying to you. I'm not going to like lessons. I'm going to boys. And she truly just boys. holds her and is like. You were just looking for love the only way you know how, and everybody wants to be loved. Like, it was, she's just. She's not she, judgmental. I love her. Yeah. She's the kind of woman who's like, she's fucking tough as nails, but she'll love you just as hard. You know? Yeah, she's like, seen everyone make mistakes. It's everyone, not going to phase her. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person, and she knows that. It means, it, it's like, who are you actually? And she also recognizes that young girls who don't have men guidance, or father yeah. figures or guidance i mean and sh this girl i think came to her older i know we've skipped way but to the end with, but if you fuck with this lady dynamic. you're gonna get a rifle stuck to your oh, face oh fuck yeah you are harry powell the yes, killer sorry, let's go through the story I the killer <laughs> he shares a cell with ben harper um not of that band the innocent no. criminals what is that guy's name really ben harper i have no idea i was like did he name himself after this guy so he shares a cell and um oh we see uh harper making the police are closing in and he gets to his home and he makes it's such a like a drawn scene where he like makes his son 
and Pearl, who's watching, you don't tell the little girl. You just, you just he but, couldn't help but, to. But Pearl was standing there, yeah. and and the the there was no time. the fuzz are up his ass. So he makes John like do a formal handshake, like Swear. like a yeah, like an oath to not tell where this money is. And I knew immediately where the money was. Like I think I even said it out loud. They don't show you. It is supposed to be a bit not of a mystery. They don't show you at first, but it becomes very obvious. But it was very obvious to me. But the thing that was so great was. He swore to John, and he made he made John swear, and then he made Pearl promise. But also, he was like, do not tell your mother. Yeah. And John was like, not even her. And he's like, she doesn't have any sense. You are the only one with sense. And guess what? That's fucking true. So, Pal's sharing a cell after Ben Harbour gets captured. And Ben is, like, talking in his sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's how Pal realizes that there's some money hidden and of course, Ben's not going to come off it, Mm-mm. but he does know that Ben has a family and a son and that people there probably know what's up. And there's an interesting scene where Powell's trying to like coax the information out of him while he sleeps. And Ben like wakes up and swings as he's like kneeling down and the way he falls off that bunk. So good. Like a really good. Yeah. And so. We... And then Ben stuffs his mouth with a sock. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben ends up being hung. I guess he killed a couple folks. He did. He killed. I think he killed two men in the bank robbery. That's the other thing is like, then you see Powell in the car talking to God again. Like, God, you put me here. Or maybe he's in the jail cell praying because he's like, you put me here on purpose. I can see why you did. Yeah. Like, you were sending me to this widow and this money. Like, and, this is what you want. And that, that gets him into town to where he meets Shelly Winters, who plays the mother. And... She is constantly hounded by this lady played by Evelyn Vorden, who uh, is constantly trying to big up her like, you need to get married. You need a man. And then here comes Harry Powell rolling in. And also completely dismissing the children. Yeah. Completely dismissing them. Like truly being like, get the fuck out of here, kids. Like that's how she acts. And so the. Jerking them around. And that nosy old lady who's evil in her own right. She is. Real gossipy. Who. Like she sees this preach single preacher man, and like she's he sees her interact with Shelly Winters, and she's like, yes, yes, and she is like matchmaking. He didn't have to do anything. He, nothing. She fucking pushed them at each other and unzipped his pants. Well, no, he didn't because they never fucked. Yeah, but that's another story. Which is a different thing. And so yeah, they get together. Very simple story, really. Very quickly, they get together, and she not only becomes there. There's another aspect that makes him so evil, in that. It's their, they just go off to town, get eloped, and they come back. And they're laying in bed. He's laying in bed. He's laying in bed. Shelly Winters. She's gussied up. She's wanting some wedding night fun. And this guy's like, I'm praying. You think I'm here to to slander your your bodies for the Lord? And that's what's so fucked up about this guy. He can be a con, a shyster, but he is married. Like, fuck, right? Yeah. Like, everyone wants to fuck, right? But not this guy. All he needed was to get her to marry him. And then he could give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, and she like does this thing where she totally like moans and collapses. Like, yeah. what have I done? What has happened? And then truly then she like brings herself up and she's like, okay, God, I, I, help, help me be clean so that I can be worthy be of him. He what he wants me to be. To be. And she essentially her, becomes like a cult leader or at least like a cult member for this Oh, guy. yeah. There's like a part where they're having like a revival and she's like preaching about, oh, that's the other thing is 
Powell very quickly figures out that John knows because Powell makes up a story because he thinks the wife knows where the money is. Yeah. But when she doesn't, he tells her it's at the bottom of the river and she's like, oh, thank God. I feel so clean. It's out of our lives. Like, it's yeah. ruined. There can be no money. Now we can just be married and be happy. And that's when she marries him, when she thinks that this, like, stain is off their lives. But then, oh, another thing about the sex is he says it's only for making children. And he's like, do you want any more kids? And she's like, no. And he's <laughs> like, well, then I'm not fucking you. Yeah. Like, it's very much... That's... It's so fucked. He's evil. He is. He's just pure evil. It's he not is. even about the dick. No. But then, so there's this also this, like, push and pull between him and John, because he's John, trying to get John, John to tell him. John doesn't buy his shit for a second. Not for a second. He's savvy as hell. But Pearl immediately falls Pearl in love with him. Pearl grabs him, But, yeah. I mean, she's a small girl who's lost yeah. her father, like, and he's doting on her in his way. He's still not very warm. No, he's not. He's, but he does, like, hold her and pet her, kind of. All of his like interactions with the children are just to kind of lead to the questions about where the money is. Yeah. And John is telling his mother like and and pearl is telling his mother like they're they keep asking he keeps asking where the money is and she's like oh you the You're money lying. the money's at the bottom of the river why are you making things up mm -hmm. until one day she overhears him talking about yelling at pearl yeah he's basically like if you don't tell me because he finds out that pearl also knows and he's like if you don't tell me i'm gonna rip your arm it off. seems like he almost has pearl and then he just gets so impatient he threatens to literally dismember her. yeah and then when the mom opens the door pearl went runs into the closet and then that, that is the night that night she's laying in bed and he comes out with a knife and she's very like questioning him but i think no matter what he said she would have still followed him because she was so like in it she's like you know that john knows and you know it's not at the bottom of the river don't you and then yeah he does the thing he he basically kills her there's this moment you know that moment this is one of those theatrical shots where he's like she's talking and she's staring at the ceiling talking laying in the bed and then you see him across the room and he's like in front of the window and he's like uh, like trying to like he's like I don't know what he's doing. He's like reaching for God or to not be mad. I don't know what he's doing, but he like has this whole thing. And then it's like, he decides like, Oh, this is the time I kill her. Yeah. This is it. He does not waste. Once he realizes there's no point, he just goes straight for the, the final solution. And there's little John Harper. The only other guy he trusts is this man who lives in Uncle, like a little, is it uncle Billy? I think it's uncle Billy. I think. And I can't remember all their names. No, yeah, but Uncle, Uncle. Uncle something. Yeah. And so. And he's always like, if you're ever in trouble, you come and get me. But so he goes out on a boat <clears throat> and it's, well, Powell tells everyone that she runs off. Shelly Winters mm -hmm. runs off. Mm -hmm. And Evelyn Varden, like, her husband's a little more doubtful, but she's like, she believes everything Powell says everything. to him. It's like, yeah. oh, what a hussy. I always knew. It's like, no, you didn't. Mm-mm. And you then, were trying to marry her to a preacher. You didn't think she was a hussy. So the uncle who runs in the, the river house, he takes a boat out and he looks down into the water. And then we got probably one of the most like iconic scenes from it, this movie. It was like hauntingly, terrifyingly beautiful. It was beautiful. This it's is gorgeously tragic. We, the, the, we're starting to ramp up into the part of the film that is for me... And so weird to say, but extremely calming. We're what we see the, sh you know, this was a mannequin and they did the face up. It looked perfect. They did an amazing job, but yeah. And so you got the oh. weeds and, and I wonder, was this like an aquarium? Did they shoot it through? Oh, and Sunset Boulevard 
with the Joe Joe in the in the pool. Yeah, was I right? You know how they shot that? How mirrors? Mirrors. You can't you can't be in a box under a pool because it's the waves the, will distort and the light it. and the reflection. Okay, but if they shot down into the mirrors, that's so smart. Yeah. So, but uh, this looked more like so. When I saw this, I was like, "Is this mirrors?" But then it it looked like they just maybe had a big glass set. Yeah, maybe it looked they like did. a kind of looked like an aquarium setup. But they do look down on it. They have like a top down shot because you actually it's insane how clear it is. He just looks over and it's like there's a dead woman. Yeah, yeah. In a car with it, she's still in her nightgown. Her arms are chained or roped around her waist holding her down mm -hmm. and she's in the whole car and her hair is just like going in the water with the seaweed and it's just they stay on that shot for quite some time to where it makes you uncomfortable and it should yeah it's like it's pretty perfectly done it's really dark yeah i mean you know we haven't seen every movie from these times but there's a lot of codes there's a lot of rules you got to do it was much more so than now now they just voluntarily suck you know back then they had to skirt around a lot of like limitations and bullshit you yeah. know bureaucracy and yeah to see this like like for a long time they couldn't kiss longer than like 30 seconds or some shit oh, you yeah, know like yeah, shit yeah. like that can't show your ankles and, and so stuff. in casablanca they're like kissing several times shortly, you know, stuff like yeah. that. But mm -hmm. yeah, just that shot here. Like if you've ever seen Night of the Hunter, you know exactly what I'm, the Night of the Hunter, as it's called. So then Uncle, I think it's, I'm just going to call him Uncle Billy because I think it is. Uncle Billy goes Uncle back. Uncle Baby Billy. No. Oh, is that why I thought that? Anyway, Uncle goes back to his like little shack by the river. Birdie. Uncle Birdie. Uncle Birdie. Thank you. Uncle Birdie. Uncle Birdie goes back to his shack by the river and he starts drinking and he's talking to the picture of his dead wife who died like 25 years ago. And he's like, I can't tell them. They're going to think I did it. I They're going to think I did it if I tell them, which is crazy. That it, yeah. It's such a crazy idea. But he's always told the kids, you can come to me if ever you need something. Like, come a yelling if you ever need anything. And Uncle Birdie. Because he was like, something's wrong at your house. Well, what happened before that was John had seen the car drive away. He knew his mom was dead. He knew. They take off because, yeah, he's obviously going to kill the kids, too. So they get so in their dad's skiff. They, they, go to, they go to Birdie. He's a fucking drunken mess. But he and Birdie have been working on their dad's skiff. So they get in the boat and they go down the river. And then it becomes almost like a dream sequence. Mm -hmm. They're just floating down the river. And they're trying to stay alert. And you see all these beautiful shots of them like overhead shots of them floating and this is all on a set too like they made all this on a set crazy and also the contrast of light and how everything is framed the pal goes to chase them and he's barely missing them as they get off in the skiff yeah, he still he steals a horse so yeah he goes and he, and he kills a farmer and yeah. takes his horse because you can hear um Icy talk about like oh gypsies killed this man and took his horse yeah and I was like no it was Powell so they're the shots of Powell like on a horizon apparently that was like a little person on a on a small horse are you serious yeah that that the silhouetted shots of him walking wow and you remember like I think when we were kids they would re-release old movies that were originally in black and white and add the technicolor, yeah, technicolor to them yeah. If you did that to this movie, you would fucking ruin the movie. You would ruin it. Yeah. The contrast of the the black and the white and the grays and the way the light is framed. Charles Lofton is a genius for how he set all this shit up. I'm never going to be able to hear the leaning song. 
<laughs> ever again for the rest of my life and not think of this movie. It's that like leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Yeah. Like that song, that like him. It's so it's like he wants you to know he's coming. He does. This is calling card. Yeah. He wants those kids to know, which is what's fucked up. You can't sneak up on somebody if you're announcing yourself. Yeah. But he does that. He he sings the song the night he comes to their house. He sings the song the day he decides he's going to kill the children. You know what I mean? Like, he he sings the song when he's searching for them. He's yeah. a fucking evil man. He, do, he does eventually know, find out that it's in the doll. But that's yes. after, that's bef right before they escape. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they're going down river and they're just trying to survive. And every time they get somewhere, they, they start to hear him. He starts to roll up until eventually they go into, uh, Lillian Gish, Rachel Cooper is the character's name. Yeah. It's played by Lillian Gish. She is also a devout woman. She pulls them from, uh, the they river asleep. and just immediately like takes them in like they're hers yeah. and like takes like a, some reed and starts switching them back into the house. Well, yeah. Cause it seems like he's going to argue and she's like, no, get, yeah. you get in there. And for a second you're like, Oh God, is she going to put them to work? Like what's going to happen? But no, she's like everyone's mother. Eventually she asks like where your parents are. And John's like, they're dead. they're dead. And he was right. It's kind of a normal scene. They're together for a while. And there's this older teenager named Ruby. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's like, you said, she goes into town to talk to the boys. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of the men she happens to, uh, get attached to is the reverend. He was looking for her. He was looking for her because he was straight up. Like you live at What's her name? Ruby. He gets the Cooper's house. He Rachel gets Cooper. the information from her and he knows through her that two kids have, they came off a river and are living with her. Well, and he, she tells them his, their names. They didn't change their names and or anything. One, and, and he's a, is there a doll? He doesn't keep the con. Mm -mm. Once he gets the information, he just walks off. But she's like this dumb teenage girl who's so smitten. And so. It's because he didn't make her suck his dick for the ice cream he bought her. Yeah. He just asked her some questions, so she thought he was a fucking gentleman. That's sad, though. Yeah. She's sad. She's a sad character. Right. But she he wasn't a gentleman. She's he just not very smart. And she, like I said, she just wants love. Even when why... he's prowling around the house. She can't stop. She can't stop pining for him. She's a pretty... uh. She's a she's an easy character to get mad at. There's there's mm -hmm. a few characters that are like God, right? Yeah. Outside of Mitchum's Harry Powell himself. Yeah. And so eventually it comes down and he goes into the house. Well, first he tries to be like I'm their dad. Yeah. He tries to just come collect. Them. She doesn't buy that shit. And, and John, of course, is not like. And that's the thing. She and John are so alike. I loved it so much when she's like, he's not their dad and he ain't a preacher either. Like it was like, you really are not a man of God or whatever. You really caught on real. They really, John and Rachel, the way that kid playing John really good. And Pearl, like I said, she seemed like a little rascal. She's got this adorable. She's got this round cherub face. She's little very ringlets. cute. I had ringlets like that. She's very cute. She was, she's just funny to me. Like she's just funny just John. to watch her. But John was savvy. And mm -hmm. yeah, he and Rachel, you could tell that they had a genuine bond there. And that came through very well in the so movie. So much trust immediately and, when they realized they were the same. And there was just something warm about seeing them together mm -hmm. in their scenes. Because, you know, once they hit the water, he and Pearl, like it is, there's just something so serene about it. Like it really, 
watching them. I've seen this movie a few times. Like I get relaxed when they're on that boat. It's gorgeous. And they're just floating along and you, you can see the night there. and the silhouette. The and, animals. And then and then you feel like genuine warmth in Rachel Cooper's home. And then of course this monster man comes around. She ain't buying it. She's put she's pointing rifles at them. He's he's sneaking around. It takes a while for him to get into the house. A cat gives him away and she pops him with some bird shot. He runs he, into the barn. He runs off into the barn. And that's when she calls the law, the the deputy, the sheriff, or whoever, and uh, they come and get him out of the barn. And this is the part I wanted to talk about. So, okay, so at the very beginning, when the dad is being arrested, he's standing in the yard in front of the children, and they make him get down on his stomach, and they cuff, cuff him behind, and John's yelling, no, 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 don't do that, because he doesn't want his daddy to be taken away. Okay, he doesn't give a fuck about Powell, mm -hmm. but when he sees that same exact motion happening, it is the first time that baby breaks. Oh. And he loses it. It's just more like a trauma response. It's a trauma, and then he takes the doll, and he's like, you can have it, I don't care, you can have it. And he's like, the money's flying everywhere. But it's because he's in that moment, he sees his dad. Yeah. He does not see Mr. Powell. Mr. Powell can go fuck himself. Yeah. But that is the one time he's been holding so much in because he is such a strong tiny human yeah and that's what she keeps saying like children are so resilient like children do not get the credit for the fact that they can take a fucking beating and get right back up again he was yeah he was having it he was having ptsd so the lady icy the late uh evelyn vort played by evelyn varden her and her husband go from being the biggest supporters. I hate people like this. Of uh, of this serial killer. She's bad guy to, number two. To now, like, oh, I'm the leader of the lynch mob, and uh, I always knew. I always knew, and they got a lynch mob. They're going to the the jailhouse, and they have to get this guy out. And in the middle of that, so like that insanity is happening, right? But it's Christmas time, yeah. And Ms. Cooper is at the store with all the kids. They're buying things. Like, they probably can't afford a whole lot, but, you know, they're shopping. Yeah. And she sees the lynch mob, and she's, like, they're, like, cutting through alleys and, like, stores to, like, stay away from these people because at some point they, oh, they see the kids, they're eating. Yeah. They see the kids, like, having ice cream after their shopping trip, and yeah. it's like, that's them! Those are the kids that he did the bad thing to! And it's like, she's like, these children do not need this right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is not... Y'all need to stay away from these fucking kids. And so she just collects them and they run off to the house together. And the and the police have to shuffle a Powell off. And I'm I was kind of surprised you don't get like a well, you're not gonna get a, a stark hanging scene, but some kind of allude alluding that he gets killed. You know what you did though? You what? did kind of. Yeah. The guy so the, when the dad gets murdered at the, murdered, the guy dad gets hung at the beginning, that the guy who is the warden or whoever the hang whoever it is the man who's like he had to witness the hanging he goes home and he's really upset and he's talking to his wife like there's so many tiny little things in this movie that are brilliant like you don't really see that character again until the very end but he's having this moment where he's like i need to quit this job and she looks at him and she goes you always are like this after a hanging yeah. but he looks at his wife and he looks at his two kids and he feels guilty about murder about this man dying he yeah, said yeah. murder but i know he's been sentenced he comes out at the end when they're driving Powell off in the car he comes out in the stairs and he goes it's something, he like tips his hat and it's something like this one will be a pleasure yeah, or something this one, like <laughs> no bad feelings on this one <laughs> this will be an easy day at work like and, there's some sort of comment he makes you know he gets hung so the last scene of the movie 
you know, because the movie's so dark and like yeah. such a there's such a menacing shadow looming through the whole thing, you kind of expect something bad to happen, but no, it's just a Christmas scene yeah. and where uh Rachel Cooper is giving presents to all the kids and John's of course it's like John feels comfortable mm-hmm. with Rachel Cooper for the first time you know since all this since he lost his dad since this guy came into his life and you you don't know where it's going but it, the 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 movie just makes a makes it a strong point to end on a on a high note yeah they're going to be okay they're going to be okay and uh the serial killer Harry Powell played by Robert Mitchum not going to be okay apparently uh Robert Mitchum like i said he was super excited to play this role and uh, apparently he maybe embodied the darkness of the character a lot. Maybe did a lot of, like, character acting here. Oh, God. Uh, but he was also maybe peak alcoholic at this time. So he was kind of like an overall mess. Like, I, there, I was reading about some movies he was working around this time. Like, there was a movie that John Wayne was trying to get him to do, and he just wouldn't show up. Oh, so man. John Wayne started in it himself or something. So it wasn't as good as if Robert Mitchum was there. Yeah, for sure. But, you know. But, yeah, apparently Robert Mitchum was a bit of a messy bitch. But in hindsight, he was always very... He and Shelley Winters were always very enthusiastic about... The work that they did and a lot of people who acted in this movie except for maybe pearl because apparently the director was a little hard on pearl as i understood because he was trying to get a lot of out of her yeah but um but a lot of the actors in retrospect looking back seem to have fond memories of this production and charles lofton who was so shook by the negative reviews of this movie that he never made another motion picture ever again. I guess maybe he went back to the stage or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough business, right? Like, And, uh, you know, and the, the appreciation of this movie, you know, it wasn't a success during its day. Yeah. Um, But the appreciation of this movie kind of lends it more to a cult fandom yes. now. Yes, It's just another thing that people just kind of took for granted that became so much more well regarded over time and now you got tons of directors mm-hmm. and people who make movies that are like yo this movie is the shit mm-hmm. and in terms of just light just the way light is used in this movie this is if you're like you know i mean movies are in color now all of them um unless you're david venture and you want to do a little different or something or the paul Pawlikowski that was also in black and white yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, like but that was good just the usage <laughs> of light and just the deliberate framing of these sets and the like it's a beautiful movie and a good example of how to do it very stark and very well you pointed it out to me while we were watching it but the the image of ms cooper sitting in her rocking chair holding her gun oh yeah and she's all just shadow. all shadow and you can just see the lights coming from behind her and it's just it's beautiful it's stunning it is it is beautiful stunning i acknowledge that this isn't a perfect movie there are some little things but there's something about the imperfections that just kind of lend it to the charm yeah like when pearl's like asleep but her eyes are open and like, well it's like, like she does this thing she does this thing <laughs> well uh, my dog our dogs do when that, they're trying so to pretend to be sense, asleep yeah, so. well you can just tell that she's like fighting really hard not to open her eyes so we're gonna we're gonna hump this movie okay so while you pull things up i did just want to talk ahead. for a minute so i had never seen this before 
I was blown away by this. I really, you know, I mentioned it a bit, but this movie is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant in that it's what an hour and a half long, mm-hmm. and they managed to tell such an epic story. Like it's an epic story about this little boy John. Like truly, yes. And but within that, there's all these small asides that, to me, in someone else's hands, could have felt overdone or tacked on. For example, there's this scene where you know John and Pearl are new to the Cooper's house, and they're going out all together, and. John says something to one of the other girls, like, where are your parents? And she's like, oh, um, my mom's doing this, or I don't have, you know, somebody doesn't have parents, and like, whatever, like, we just all live with Miss Cooper. Or no, he says, like, is Miss Cooper your mom? And she's like, no, 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 we just all live here, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you see this woman who's, like, in a little nurse's outfit run up to one of the little girls, and it's like, oh, darling, I'm going to try to get you a, a tennis, a, a bracelet or something. I don't know, it's a necklace or a bracelet. She's like, I'm going to try to get that for you for Christmas. And the little girl's like, kind of excited to see this woman. The woman kind of kisses her and Cooper's kind of like, get away. Yeah. Scoot along. And you realize that that's the little girl's mom. Cause then Miss Cooper makes some kind of comment about like young women. So basically that woman had this baby out of wedlock and just gave it to Miss Cooper. Yeah. Because Miss Cooper's who you give babies to. Man, that's so cool. You read that. Cause that kind of went by. I just kind of chalked it up to kind of the small town connectivity. Very sharp. This is why I shouldn't do this by myself. <laughs> so how many times uh, would you hump The Night of the Hunter, directed by Charles Lofton? I know I've been rating things really high, but I also feel like we've been watching some particularly excellent films lately. Sure. And it's, so... It's it's trotting out the good shit. I really lately. think, for me, because, yeah, because of all those little things and just the way it was so beautiful, I'm going to go 4.5. Wow. I really am. I'm going to go, I mean, it, this is one of my favorites. I'm pretty much, I'm just going to go, and like, there are imperfections, but it doesn't take away anything. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm going to go 4.75. Okay. So that makes it. an S? No, no. You got, you went under, you have to be, we have, each of us have to be 4.75 and up to be S Well, tier. then 4.75. You went up to 4.75? I am. Yes, sir. All right. So that makes it. <laughs> tier movie this is an s tier movie it is the critics in 1955 they don't know what the fuck they're talking about you get you get some fresh shit something made that is unlike anything you're seeing at the time and you're like oh you know what it was you talked about how like it was too racy or whatever you know what it was it was it was lingering on the dead woman it was talking about a young girl being sexualized. The religious man who's a fucking psychotic murderer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that brings... Oh, talking openly about, like, unwed mothers giving up their children, like... Yeah, yeah. So, the night of the hunter. That's part of the show. Watch me type. <laughs> Charles Lofton. 9.5. 19... 55 is a 9.5. So it's really 9.5 to to 10 is all that is an S tier. Yeah. Okay. And and like we've said before. Yeah. If you're 9.5, you might as well be a 10. Absolutely. S tiers, you just kind of lump them the same. 
But you know, we it have gives you a rating. But we it. have three S tier movies: Thief, Sunset Boulevard, and The Night of the Hunter. I mean, I think that's an excellent, excellent group of films. I mean, out and of I the, can't believe I'd never seen before. Now this is one of the, out of the past is a very well regarded film noir. We neither of us have seen it. I'm no. really excited. Oh, you've about never it. seen it? No. So <laughs> I don't know. When it comes to the old stuff, I'm actually. What's the, we don't have an F tier movie. We need to watch some bullshit. I mean, we need to watch. There. We need to watch some shit. Johnny Mnemonic was a D. Yeah, it wasn't an F. We'll have to get there. That may be our next goal. I mean, find a shitty, <laughs> find a movie that's so bad it pisses you off. What are the D tiers? Is that the only D? D tier is pretty broad, two point five to four point two. I mean, like, what are the movies? Uh, is it just Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic is the only D. Yeah, I, C and B, I think, are our most common yeah, tiers. Yeah, that makes sense. Renfield is a C. It makes sense. There is a lot of B and C ass movies out in the world, right? Because yeah. movies are hard to make, so you gotta like give some commendation to getting it done. Yeah. But the reality is, most of them are probably gonna be like a B or C, unless they're just total. <laughs> Unless Johnny Demonic, Johnny Demonic is just like weird and like what, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm I'm excited. What is a completely shit ass movie? We'll get there. <laughs> all right, uh, check the show notes for any links and more places to find us. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, safe and secure from 